series will be lifting the lid on IMG Arena. We'll be sharing who IMG Arena are, what they're doing and what they've got planned for the future. This series will be hosted by me, Stephanie Williams. And on each episode, I'll be speaking to different people from all around the business, all around the globe, sharing what they're up to. This series aims to highlight what the business is doing. We'll discuss the challenges and fun we're having whilst building the company, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello, I'm your host, Stephanie Williams, and welcome to this month's episode of the IMG Arena podcast series. In this episode, we'll be talking about what it's like being a satellite worker, and we'll be discussing the topic with three people who are dotted all over the world. Quite literally, all four of us right now are in different continents, which is why, sadly, we're not able to do what we did in the last episode and all try a food from Poland. But don't worry, we'll continue that on the next episode. So let's introduce today's guests. First up, we have Seamus Hilly, who is part of our commercial team and despite his Australian accent, is currently based in New York City. Hey Steph, thanks for having me. Next, we have Simon Monsami, who is based in South Africa and is also part of our commercial team. Welcome, Simon. Hey Steph, good to join you in the team on this episode. And finally, we have Dong Zhen, who is joining us from Singapore, but mainly based out of our Hong Kong office. And to round out the three, is also part of our commercial team. Welcome, Dong Zhen. Thanks, Stephanie. Happy to be here. Firstly, thank you all for joining us today. It was a bit troublesome getting you all together due to time zone conflicts, but we made it. So thank you to all of you for making the time. To get to know you all a bit better, let's do some quick fire questions. So Seamus, I'm coming to you first. Uh, What Netflix show are you watching right now? Ozark, the last series, uh, part two. Haven't watched any of Ozark, actually. You need to. Yeah, I heard that. It's definitely on the list. I just need to find the time. Um, Simon, coming to you next, uh, what was the last concert you went to? I actually took my wife to the John Legend concert. We don't get much around here, but uh, I, said, I actually spoiled and took her to the John Legend concert. She's a fan. I think I'm a fan too of John Legend too, so <laughs> there you go. that's a nice treat for her. And finally, Dong Zhen, uh, what is your most used emoji on your phone? That must be the smiley face thumbs up emoji. That sums you up, I think. Perfect emoji for you. Um, and then a question for all three of you. If you entered a talent competition tomorrow, what would your talent be? So back to you, Dong Zhen. Well, there's not a lot, but I can do a backflip. So if I were to do something in a competition, I would choose to do a backflip. That's pretty impressive. I think I'd break my back if I even tried that. How about you, Simon? Tough one. I possibly would do a, a short stint or stand of comedy. I enjoy banter and laughter. Well, I think we're looking forward to having you on the podcast then. And then you, Seamus? I hate this question. Um, <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> I used to be a decent cricketer in my younger days, but those that would have saw me in the nets at the sales kickoff week uh, earlier this year would say that uh, that's definitely a thing of the past. Um, I'd probably say I get told a lot that I've got a poker face. If only I could actually play poker, though. So your trip to Vegas last week was not successful? No. <laughs> okay, so thank you for humoring me at these questions. Um, but let's jump into the episode. I think it'd be good to hear from you about you and hear about your first day at IMG Arena and seeing as we're all in different locations, how it was different for each of you. Dong Zhen, I'm going to come to you first, as I think you have been at IMG Arena the longest. Can you please introduce yourself, what your role is, and then talk to us about your first day here at IMG Arena? Absolutely. Um, I'm the senior sales executive at IMG Arena for Asia. So that includes Southeast Asia, Greater China, East Asia and India. So I'm based in Hong Kong together with other colleagues from the larger IMG and Endeavor group. 
we have a really nice office space in one of the business hubs in the city. And the office has a great view of the harbor and city, uh, city skyline. So I joined the team just slightly more than a year ago. And I manage and grow our client base of sports betting operators across Asia. Day to day, I build new relationships with potential clients. I maintain existing client relationships. And I also work with our internal teams to close new deals for our business. Um, I remember feeling very excited on my first day of work. I visited our office in Singapore to collect my laptop and to meet with some of the other colleagues from IMG and Endeavor. So everyone was super welcoming and they were super friendly. There was also onboarding calls with the rest of the sales team uh, where they shared with me in details about our products and very useful advice on how to manage clients. So I recall vividly how everyone from the sales team was so passionate and enthusiastic when they shared about the products that we have at IMG Arena. And that made me feel very comfortable knowing that I'll be working with people who are deeply engaged in the work that they do. So things move very fast in IMG Arena. You are given a lot of autonomy in your job and people trust you to get things done. So I love this style of work and uh, that made me feel very at home joining IMG Arena. Wow, what an introduction. Sounds like you had a perfect introduction to life at IMG Arena. Uh, did that filter down to you, Simon? I think you're second to join. Yeah, so I'm, I'm celebrating my one year anniversary with the team. Yeah, I'm Simon. I look after Africa and the Middle East uh, as the sales manager. Based in Durban, which is on the east coast of South Africa. Got a nice coastline, good weather, not much to complain about. My first day, I actually started on my birthday. So I joined the team on my birthday. And, and when is um, that for everyone to know? It's the 3rd of May. Okay. Uh, first day into the swing of things. It was a slow start because two days later, my wife went into an emergency Caesar. Uh for my daughter. Uh, so the first week was a bit topsy-turvy. But yeah, I had fantastic support from my manager and my peers uh, helping me uh, settle into the role and giving me some visibility into the business. I was obviously familiar with IMG, like I've attended events in the past as a client. So I had a lot of context about the business, but, you know, speaking to people within the business and, you know, the culture, it was, uh, it was really comforting to help me get settled into the role. And your baby girl was born health and safety? Yeah, one week in ICU, but you would never say now if you see her. Oh, that's so good. Well, congratulations a year ago. And happy birthday to her now. She must be just, just turned one. Yeah, she just turned one. Oh, yep. Lovely. And then Seamus, over to you. I mean, you were starting a new job and also moving halfway around the world. So I mean, that was a bit of a double whammy for you. Yes. Uh, so I'm Seamus. Uh, I am the sales manager for North America, covering the United States and Canada. As you can tell from my accent, I am Australian. Uh, so I landed in New York on the, I think it was a Saturday morning. And then I started on the Monday. The first day was, you know, the usual kind of admin stuff. So it wasn't anything too exciting. I was actually staying in an apartment just a couple of blocks away from the office, but was not actually allowed to go into the office. Um, I think because of the, you know, we all had to be vaccinated to get into the office. So I actually had someone kind of run over to my apartment to drop off my laptop and phone, etc. That's very nice of them. Great. So in anticipation for this podcast, I did actually do a little bit of research and about the benefits and the pitfalls about being a satellite worker. So I'm going to put it to you all and find out from literally the horse's mouth, what would you say are the pros and cons of being a remote worker? But first of all, would you even consider yourself a satellite worker? Because like Dong Zhen and, and Seamus, you've actually got IMG offices where you are based, although not necessarily IMG Arena, but you have got offices to go into. So 
Seamus, what do you think? I would say I'm a mixture. I do live only a few blocks away from the office, so I do like to get into the office a few times a week, though I am the only arena member for the whole country in the office. So, you know, you do meet a lot of you know, interesting people that, you know, no one is you know, really aware of who we are and what we do. But there are enough, you know, kind of events on the calendar where I get to see Brian and also our customers on a regular basis. So I would say I'm a mixture. Great. Dong Zhen? Yes, um, I will also consider myself a remote worker. So I'm one of the only two IMG Arena employees in Asia. And, you know, every interaction I have with another colleague from our business was always via a video call or a phone call. Like this now? Yes, yes, exactly like this now. So we do have general IMG officers both in Hong Kong and Singapore. So uh, I'm no stranger to these uh, two locations. So, for example, in Hong Kong, we have colleagues from IMG Media, Golf, and uh, 160 over 90. And in Singapore, we have people from IMG Football, Productions, Endeavor Analytics, uh, UFC, and a few other areas of the business. That's just so lovely being able to, like, talk to people from different areas of the business. Same for you, Seamus. Like, in Chiswick Park, it's a lovely office, but we're only on level three. So you don't really get to mingle that much. So it must be lovely being able to communicate with people and learn about the business from people who work in those areas. Yeah, I think with the Madison Avenue office as well, like, there are just people from... I wouldn't be able to tell you how many different businesses under the Endeavour banner there are at that office, but there are just, you know, so many people on overhearing. It's actually a very quiet office because it's, you know, not too many people venture in. So you, you hear some interesting conversations from, you know, other people on the phone talking to, you know, their customers or, you know, whoever it is they're talking to. <laughs> and Simon, how about you? Would you consider yourself a satellite worker? Yeah, I'm 100% remote worker. Um, being based in Durban, I'm the only employee on the side of the world uh, or in this place. So yeah, 100% remote. And then what do you all enjoy about being a remote worker? What's the biggest benefit you think it has? For me, being in a country that I didn't grow up in, it allows me to kind of be a tourist at the same time. So being able to kind of juggle work and then travel and whatnot on the side as well, obviously is a massive benefit. Simon? Uh, I think for me personally, uh, I actually enjoy uh, being a remote worker. I enjoy the flexibility that the business gives us. Uh, you know, we're not micromanaged. We obviously understand the objectives of the business. And, you know, it shows that level of trust that the management team have in us to obviously go out there and deliver on those objectives. And to Seamus's point, you know, you get to uh, visit a few places that you possibly wouldn't do traditionally, but you're doing it now for work and you get to see a little bit more especially for myself, I'm an African continent perspective and understanding a bit more about the region. So it's you learning in this process of obviously trying to engage with clients and, you know, expand your horizon. So how much are you traveling now then? All three of you actually, like, are you traveling weekly? Are you traveling more than you, than you expected? Yeah, it's been slow. It's been slow for myself because with COVID and the pandemic, South Africa has been on the red list for a long time. But now obviously these restrictions are obviously easing up. And with that comes these opportunities, a lot of trade shows are happening and we obviously want to be present to ensure that we capitalize on any sort of opportunities that may exist, uh, have some good, decent conversations with clients and potential clients. So it has been slow, but I predict or anticipate that it's going to start moving much faster now, given the ease of the restrictions. Dong Zhen? I've been traveling quite intensively over the past few months. So if I counted correctly, seven countries in three months um, that's including london for ice so um, i didn't manage to travel a lot uh, last year because i was based in hong kong and uh, because of covid restrictions uh, i wasn't able to travel much to meet clients 
So starting from January earlier this year, I managed to travel a lot more. So yeah. I travel a lot, uh, both on a personal perspective and then from a work perspective. Uh, being based in New York, a lot of our customers are kind of in the New Jersey, New York area. So that's kind of makes life a little bit easier. But, you know, obviously we've got a lot of events on the calendar, like ICE in London. We've got G2E in Las Vegas, um, obviously a lot of customers in Vegas as well. And then we've got a pretty heavy sporting calendar across the US Open for tennis, UFC events, and then PGA events around the country. So yeah, there's a decent amount of travel involved. And what would you say is a pitfall about being a satellite worker away from like the motherships of London and Glavitsa, what would you say is the biggest negative, if any, about that? Dong Zhen? Working with different time zones, I think that can be particularly challenging sometimes. What time is it now for you? <laughs> it's 8.30pm now for me in Singapore. So Singapore and Hong Kong is seven hours ahead of Hong Kong. Sorry. That's no problem. So for example, we had an internal uh, sales kickoff event held earlier this year. So I remember finishing the call with the rest of the team. I only finished the call only at midnight uh, at my time zone. And that was after a long day of meetings uh, with clients in the daytime. So on top of that, there may sometimes be occasional uh, environmental distractions because when we work from remotely from hotels or homes, for example, where I'm at right now in Singapore, it's in the flight path of military fighter jets. And so the noise from the jets may get so loud sometimes. And if I'm in a phone call, I may have to pause and wait for the fighter jets to pass by before I can continue to speak. Otherwise, the person on the other side of the phone may not be able to hear what I'm saying. Wow, I think that's, that's a fair excuse not to be able to talk in a meeting. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Seamus? I think for the most part, uh, I'm dealing with customers on the East Coast, which is good. Generally, the customers that are based in Las Vegas or the West Coast are the ones that kind of have to work around our calendar. Um, and internally, I think we're pretty good in our habits of understanding you know, when I start, um, which is you know, when the UK are at lunch. And then you know, when I'm at lunch, the UK are done for the day or if it's Friday, you're at the pub. Um, no. Though you, do get the, <laughs> though you do get the odd call whereby you're dealing with the UK time zone like today where I've got to wake up a little bit earlier. Uh, but for the most part, it's pretty good. I would like to say to everyone, it really is not that early in New York. He's exaggerating slightly. <laughs> I'll survive. I also resent the implication that London is in the office on Friday afternoon. I mean, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> it's also completely true. Uh, Simon, what about you? Yeah, I think for myself personally, um, I think the human interaction with our peers, you know, working remotely, I think you'd miss that. Even if it's just like a random, you and I walking to the coffee station to just make a coffee and talk about like, something exciting happening in the business, you know, that level of engagement is something that you possibly, you know, you tend to miss out on or that quick answer that you could just have by just like popping it up and asking a question to one of your peers. We still have ways to circumvent uh, and, you know, make sure we be productive. But yeah, I think that'll be one of my pitfalls, being a remote worker. And have you always been a remote worker or were you in an office as well? Uh, I was office bound uh, before joining uh, IMG. I obviously had the benefit of being in lockdown for two years. So it was almost like a bit of a trial run about how it would be to work remotely. And, you know, so I think I had enough experience uh, understanding what this life would entail. But yeah, prior to joining the team, I would go to the office or the work the odd day from home when I needed to zone out and just focus. COVID was perfect for you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working practice for IMG Arena. There we go. <laughs> Dong Zhen, what about you? I do enjoy the autonomy that comes with remote working a lot. So I feel a greater sense of productivity. 
a lot of organizational culture and it makes me want to uh, perform at my best. But um, I have experienced various levels of autonomy at work in my previous jobs. So this is not the first job for me where I get to enjoy a good level of autonomy. But I must say that because we are remote working, autonomy becomes a lot more pronounced. We need to be a lot more accountable and proactive when it comes to uh, working and uh, meeting our deliverables. And then Seamus? Uh, it's a first for me. Uh, obviously, in my previous role back in Australia the last year, there was a bit of you know, working from home with, you know, obviously what was happening around the world. But uh, yeah, this is the first, definitely the first job for me where for the most part I am working remotely and, um, you know, obviously, you know, starting a new role remotely obviously as well. So, you know, that was uh, something that I hadn't done before. Thankfully, you and Zhen do have the offices to go to if you get bored of your four walls of your house. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it's, I, I like going to the office because it's, you know, it's, I didn't move halfway around the world just to you know, sit in a studio apartment all day. Um, it, it's nice to kind of get into the office, especially you know, being in Manhattan. It's a, it's a pretty cool office and there's some interesting people to meet. So moving on to the next section, as it is abundantly clear just by this podcast, like we've got people literally all over the world. So we do try and offer a global product for everyone around the world. However, have any of you ever noticed any cultural differences from your own area that we could improve upon? Like I know Dong Zhen, uh, Freddie Baring, who runs the Asia division, always talks about business cards. And recently we transitioned over to the contactless card. But I feel that's, um, that's something that we might have to look at in the future. Would you agree? That's a good point. Um, you know, even though the world has increasingly moved towards digitalization, uh, some parts of Asia, we still very much prefer pen and paper for certain things. And business cards are one of those things. So this is especially true for Chinese clients or clients from Japan and Korea, uh, whereby having a business card helps to show that our business is legitimate and proper. So it is also good business etiquette to exchange business cards with the clients on the first meeting. And we would sometimes even go to the extent of observing how we exchange the business card. So for example, we always give our business card and receive business cards with both hands as a sign of respect. But of course, um, you know, today meetings tend to be a lot more casual, but it doesn't hurt to play safe and just keep with you some business cards in your bag before you head out for a meeting. Festivals may be a little bit different as well. We pay attention to some other festivals other than the mainstream ones or the popular ones which are recognized worldwide at uh, Christmas. So over here in this part of the world, we also pay attention to festivals that are unique to Chinese culture. So for example, we celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival sometime in September, where it is a tradition that we gift mooncakes to our family and friends, which symbolizes reunion and prosperity. So we can also do the same for business clients and they would uh, appreciate these gestures. That's really interesting to hear about how you give a business card over with two hands. Maybe that's something that we all can look into more um, before we all travel. How about you, Simon? Have you noticed any cultural differences in Africa and South Africa? Yeah, I think our industry speaks a certain language uh, from my experience. From a cultural perspective, it's something that you just have to embrace. And I think that's where we benefit because we are obviously uh, located locally. So when we speak to clients, I think the general rule of thumb is they like the face-to-face -face engagement. They like casual, you know, over a few drinks. No one likes that too structured, too rigid approach. And I think that's how you, you know, when you speak their language, you sing to their tune, it's much easier for a conversation to flow because that's what's important. You want conversations to flow and that will obviously like eliminate any sort of resistance and they would see 
this as a working relationship where we understand their pain points and we obviously presenting solutions to address and you know give them a better product culturally obviously i love the culture at img uh, i've embraced it uh, it's something for me personally it wasn't something that i needed to adapt to it's just something that i've embraced it is uh, it's amazing to be part of the team but yeah speaking to our clients uh, it's just wonderful to see the diverse nature like you know two countries could share a border and you know what's acceptable to one is completely not to another you know and understanding that is important and you know the level of empathy is is, is important being able to put yourself in their shoes and understand the the challenges that they're facing and you know why our solutions could potentially help them solve a problem i think it's very important is maintaining respect across the board and making sure you understand yeah the pain points of each person and and, and talking them through talking them through it. i think that's very important Seamus? I think from a business perspective, Americans are definitely more direct, um, which I like. Um, you know, coming from Australia, I think sometimes Australians uh, struggle with just saying yes or no. So that can be a bit frustrating working in sales. Um, so I actually like that. Um, I think outside of work, uh, Americans are also very big on celebrating their holidays and traditions like you know Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, etc. Not to say the Australians don't, but uh, definitely not to the same level. Um, I think also from a business perspective, you know, in Australia, it's whilst it's big in size, you've only got a couple of real major cities where you travel between. Whereas with the US, it just seems like it's such a common thing where people travel between cities on a regular basis. So, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm obviously enjoying that part of it, you know, being kind of partly being a tourist whilst working as well. Uh, how many cities now have you visited in the United States? Uh, I. Good question. Um, I, I traveled around the United States three times before I moved here. So I, I covered a lot before I got here. Uh, I think it's somewhere between 12 and 15 states uh, in terms of cities. It's probably around 18, I'd say. Not bad. I haven't been to more than four in Australia. So. <laughs> um, but like talking about the culture and talking about like making sure our product is global, Obviously, we've got some sports that are more aligned to certain markets. Like golf is a massive market in USA, along with UFC. Like Dongzhen over in Asia, is golf a bigger product as it is in other areas? What product is the most easy to sell in the Asian market? I would say football, basketball, UFC would be the easiest to sell in this region. Golf is always a challenge. But um, I always try to double down on operators who has a presence in Korea. So the reason for doing so is because golf is most popular in Korea from an Asian perspective. So clients who have a hand in Korea tend to be aware of the popularity in golf in the country. And therefore, they are a lot more interested in a good product for golf. For other clients, I always try to make sure to emphasize on the fact that people are becoming increasingly affluent in Asia. Uh, at a really fast pace and with that they now have the spending power to play a more expensive sport like golf this makes for a strong reason for them as a sports betting operator to start looking into golf if they have not already started doing so very clever always looking way to sell something thank you <laughs> and then simon yeah i think in, in africa 54 countries 53 it's non-existent <laughs> uh, golf there's just no appetite for it which is ironic because there's some beautiful golf courses around africa from a tourism perspective so it's always a case of painting the brush like to dong zeng's point golf is seen as a lifestyle those that have an appeal or desire to play golf are generally associated with like higher spending or coming from a certain level of wealth and can afford to have that wage or that bet but south africa it, it's it's a it's a much desired sport people play it bet on it 
so there is that demand. So I look at it as uh, an opportunity to obviously work uh, and obviously penetrate this market as a start because the demand is there and find uh, creative ways to create demand across uh, other countries. But it's not easy outside of South Africa. So what sport works over in South Africa and Africa? Soccer. I won't say football. I'll say soccer. Soccer (laughs) is king. It's the bloodline of sport and it's the bloodline of sport betting. I think it's it's good. It comes at the right time, given our our recent uh, rights acquisition from a football and basketball perspective. It definitely puts me more in the limelight in terms of having football discussions because we understand the desire that football betting has uh, or the impact in Africa itself. So I would say football, basketball and tennis, but football are distant first. No pressure on you then, Simon. Best get those European leagues sold. Talking about pressure, over to Seamus. Obviously, like, golf is massive in America, along with tennis and UFC. So, I mean, it must be an easy sell, really, mustn't it? Your job's easy. I wouldn't go that far. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, luckily for, for me, golf and UFC are widely popular sports here. And most customers we speak to know a fair amount about golf or play it on the weekend. So, you know, it's such a common, um, I guess, activity here. And it's good to have that conversation with our customers about. I think the other thing as well is that, you know, the fact that both golf and USC have virtually no off seasons, which here in the US, American football is king. And, you know, that always comes first, but it's such a short season. And even during the season, you know, it's most of those games are played on Sunday. So it makes having that conversation about golf and USC that little bit easier because it's also a content filler. It's there all year round. Whereas, you know, football being the the big sport here, it's got such a short season. So yeah, it's definitely a perk of my role. So I think I might be able to guess the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. So a question to you all now, if you had an unlimited budget, what is the one property that you would love to have in your region? Uh, Difficult question. Um, You know, I think it's kind of a catch-22 because as much as, you know, the NFL or American football is such a, you know, a big sport here in the US, it's it's something that customers are going to bet on anyway. So, you know, things like, you know, having live streaming for the NFL, it's at first you'd think that that would be a really good thing to have, but I imagine it would be incredibly expensive for our customers to, you know, pay for. And at the same time, like it's, it's widely available, you know, throughout, you know, pretty much every bar or pub or TV around the country. So it's, I, I don't know how value it would be. Obviously, you know, it's one of those things where if, if you can afford it, of course, you're going to offer it to your customers. But um, that's a difficult question to answer. Uh, I'm pretty happy with golf and UFC at the moment, so I'm not sure. They keep you busy, so. Yeah, exactly. That's enough for now. Dongzhen, how about you? If money is no issue, then my first choice would definitely be English Premier League. And uh, if the company is feeling really generous and wants to give me a second choice, that must be the MBA. Uh, and then Simon, over to you. Yeah, I echo the team sentiments. I think uh, it's a two-part. Forget the commercial challenges of having premium content and trying to get that out there to the market. I think being associated with it is, in its own right is, a, is quite a niche USP on our belt per se because we have operators asking when we talk about our properties, like, but who has the English Premier League? And, you know, I can imagine that this is the type of conversation our competitors are having. So for them to say, oh, so unfortunately, you know, you need to go to IMG arena for that uh you know it it gives us a lot of recognition in the marketplace where from a sales perspective it's always us chasing clients but it'll be more of a case of now we have these tier one prime properties and these guys will obviously be coming to us but i think if it was an open budget and we were investing i think my desire would be to have our own feed and not be reliant on any sort of external or third-party provider 
I think, uh, you know, the dependency on them proves it's a challenge in its own right. But I'm sure everyone knows this. But yeah, that'll be my focus. Very good answer, actually. So believe it or not, no one is perfect. And it will be interesting to hear from you three what you think I'm Juina could actually do better in terms of welcoming new starters from all around the world and who are not based in London and Glavitsa. So what do you think we do well in terms of welcoming new starters? And what do you think we could do better in, especially from the remote working space? So Dong Zhe. Well, this is a tough question because honestly, I think things are already very good as, as it is right now. So in particular... That's great. I, that means I'm doing my job correctly <laughs> so you can carry on. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I love the fact that we are doing things like um, the Inside Arena series. So both the interview videos and diary entries are particularly engaging and interesting because this content actually helped me to get to know people from across our various business functions even though I am not there in person to speak to them. So the same goes for the podcast series, which we are doing right now. I'm glad I'm doing my job correctly. So yeah, great. Uh, James, over to you. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's difficult for me to answer because this is the first time I've kind of worked in a role like this where it's, um, you've got such a global operation and you know people working remotely, so I don't really have much to compare it from. Um, though I would say that, you know, I, I do agree with Dong that uh, there's plenty of opportunities to kind of engage with the business and understand, you know, everyone else in the business and what they're doing and what's happening. So, you know, from that perspective, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, the only thing I would say is that, you know, maybe you could have the, the locker room call that isn't at 5am for us once. <laughs> but, uh, I guess you're always going to have someone who's not going to be happy with that time frame. Someone in the world's going to miss out. Yeah. And then Brad will just, will get mad at me for doing it. Like, <laughs> I do, I do know what time that is if it's 5am in New York. I don't know. Simon, over to you. Yeah, I think uh, I was just fortunate because I obviously understood a lot about the business. But even with that being said, you know, uh, within the first week of joining, I was given like a nice deck that gave us a lot of insight into the business uh, portfolio, a lot of information in terms of our resources available to us as employees. It was very informative. So while you think you know, you're always being equipped with more information that helps you better understand the business and, uh, you know, engaging with, uh, with people around the business just gives you more context. So while you feel alone because you, I'm on the east coast of South Africa, I still have a lot of visibility and it feels like I'm part of the team that's obviously based in HQ in London. And do you find it easy to meet people in other divisions of the team? Like you're all three are in the commercial team. So obviously you have very good relationships like together and within the commercial team. But do you talk with the rights team, for example, or the CSM team? Like, do you have good relationships with people outside of your own team? I would say I do. I think... Uh, the facilities are there, you know, on Slack, we have channels just for like football banter and cricket banter and just general, you know, up-to-date stuff. So you you generally, you know, following a thread, you know, oh, this guy from Rides is also suffering as a Man United fan. And this guy is obviously very boastful at, <laughs> at this time being a Liverpool fan. So it's really good. You get to know people and you shallow them on, on a different level. Seamus? Yeah, I think um, we've got a pretty good working relationship with other you know, internal stakeholders. We've got our regular calls with um, you know, CSM, legal, just to name a few. And it's 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 good because obviously, you know, after a while, you have a better understanding of um, other people's lives outside of work. So, And then, you know, the fact that every kind of region is so different, at least in North America, the way we work and the way things work is very different. So kind of, you know, being able to build up that understanding with other stakeholders is, is really important for us. And you know, it, it takes a while, but um, yeah, we have a pretty good relationship with our other internal stakeholders. At least I'd like to think so. <laughs> I would also add that, um, you know, I think everyone in this company, we kind of appreciate the fact that we are a global company. We have uh, colleagues all over the globe. 
I didn't face any issues reaching out to people uh, from integrations team, um, from the delivery team. You know, they are just a message away. And if we do need to jump on a call, they are always happy to do so. Everyone is super friendly. They are super cooperative. It's easy to keep in touch. It's easy to reach out to them. And um, we always get feedback very easily from them as well. I do actually think COVID actually probably helped with that, isn't it? Like people are so used to like Teams calls and Slack channels and Slack calls. It probably really helped the global community in getting everyone more communicative. So exactly one for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so as tradition dictates, and we all know I'm one for organized fun, we're going to end on some more questions, if that's okay with you three. Um, these questions, I admit, are ridiculous, but I enjoy them. So let's crack on. If you had to live with one person within IMG Arena, who would you pick? And also, who would you not pick? Simon. <laughs> I don't know many people, but I was obviously excuses, fortunate enough to be, excuses. be up there. I think uh, if I had to pick someone to live with, um, it'll possibly be Niao from the integrations team. He's super helpful, enjoys a good beer. Uh, and he's a United fan as well, so... As a Man United fans, we gotta we gotta suffer together, you know, <laughs> in the sport. So yeah, I, I think I, I would pick him. And you're definitely suffering right now as a Man United fan. I'm I sure know it's painful at the moment. Tell me about it. Um, and then who you wouldn't live with? I'm assuming a City fan or a Liverpool fan or. Yeah, I think Aaron. We're, we're gonna we're gonna give Aaron the. He's, he's a bit too boastful <laughs> at this moment, so probably not him. Sorry, Aaron. Mind you, he was the one person I knew before joining the team. So before even joining the team, I actually had a good relationship with him. So It's gone downhill very steeply, has it? <laughs> it's gone. The more you know about people, the, the more you want to distance yourself. <laughs> Dog Jen, how about you? Well, if I have to pick one to live with, I would pick Jason. So if you guys haven't met Jason before, he is our account manager for Asia. And he's also based in Hong Kong like myself. He's a very friendly guy. And when you get to know him better, he's a really funny guy as well with tons of jokes to share, both good and bad jokes. So I think he would be the best choice if I have to uh, pick one to live with. And um, as for who I would not pick, um, it's just so hard to choose because everyone in our team is so friendly and supportive. I would imagine they would at least be a decently good housemate. Um, but you know, for the sake of answering this question, if I have to pick one, I would just pick Freddie Bowring because <laughs> Simply, I cannot imagine uh, living with him and he starts, you know, talking to me about sales targets and how to close more deals. So, yeah, Freddie Bowery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. I don't think I could live with him either. Seamus? Uh, I mean, most of you live in London, so, you know, there's never a requirement for sunglasses there. So that probably rules all of you out. <laughs> uh, I'd probably pick Eduardo um, because I'd like to see more of South America. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of who I wouldn't pick, um, I mean, there's plenty of Liverpool fans that work for this business. So that just pick one of them. <laughs> no, thanks. Put them in a pot. Not doing that. No, no. Yeah. No, don't blame you. Um, you are stuck on a mountain and had a bad accident and someone has got to chop off your leg to save your life. Who would you pick to chop off your leg? Seamus, go to you. That's easy. I've seen Brian throw an axe. <laughs> Just one sharp, yep. one sharp gone. Uh, Simon? I think I would go with Elsa. Now, hear me out because he's probably one of the most likable people in the business. Yeah, but he, uh, he, he, could, he went hard fly. Look, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna have uh, your leg chopped off, you're gonna have to tell the story multiple times when you see people. I would just ask Elsa to say something cool in one of his fancy accents. <laughs> And then, boom, you can take it off. 
<laughs> Basically, you can manipulate the story to whatever you want. 100%. I've seen him speak to clients. I don't know whether he's threatening <laughs> them or he's selling them something. True salesman. True salesman. And Dong Zhen? I would pick Francis from our sales team, actually. So I, I would imagine that to do this correctly, we would need someone who has the strength to chop off the leg in one clean stroke. And if yeah. I remember correctly, Francis seems to be the tallest and strongest looking in our team. So if anyone can <laughs> chop off a leg in the cleanest way possible, I think it has got to be him. <laughs> Thank you for the answers and some interesting ones in there for sure. Thank you for humoring me then. Right, that's it. Episode two is done. We're wrapping up this month's episode of the IMG Arena podcast series. Thanks to my guests, Seamus, Dongjen and Simon for their time and their tales today. I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you all a little bit better, albeit through a screen. Hopefully next time it might be in person. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Steph. And thank you for listening. Hopefully you, the listeners, wherever you might be right now, have got more of an idea of who makes up the IMG Arena family and what's going on across the business. In next month's episode, we'll be speaking to individuals from our technology team about what they are up to, so that's one not to miss out on. See you then!